now tuned in to the cold hard truth. Cayman's number one hard-hitting live podcast show, where we feature some straightforward conversations on political, social, and celebrity news, and all things happening in the Cayman Islands and around the world. This show was created to give the people a voice and a means of being involved and informed without any filters. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. We bring you the tea piping hot so grab your favorite beverage and join the conversation via whatsapp at 324-1612 email tips at caymanmorrowroad.com now here's your host sandy hill broadcasting live from the beautiful cayman islands want to see her on a weekend she knows she got me dazing because she was so amazing and no good morning I'm everyone i think we got a few more minutes all right all right facebook doesn't put us in any trouble for the music once he starts talking we'll bring it back in here we go he was found on youtube Crazy. And the year for throwbacks today is 2010. His first song was in 2010. I feel like he's been around for a long time. Yeah. but He has. 11 years. The reason why <laughs> we're going back to 2010 is because that was the year Aaron and I started our show together. Yeah. So Justin Bieber's entire career has been, uh, you know, has been made through our time together That's... doing radio. Wow. How bananas is that? Yes. Well, you know. It's probably a little bit more lucrative for Justin Bieber <laughs> than, than being on the radio. Yeah, that, that is true. Why well, you got to bring it down? I know. Why well, you got to bring it down? Aaron. Such a bummer. All right, it is Friday. Time is seven thirty right now. Big news! I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Aaron's spilling the tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Good morning, Sandy. Happy Friday. Hello. Good morning. Sorry. Good morning. Wow, was that a going through puberty? <laughs> yes, that was indeed a sneeze. Oh, the sneeze. Oh, sorry. If we had just oh, waited man. a couple of more seconds. Love oh, it. my goodness. Love it. Yeah. How are you? We're good. How you doing? Good. Very, very good. Sorry. Of- uh, sorry to miss you yesterday. Yeah. Yes, that's okay. I hear you're slacking off again. <laughs> I, was actually, I was actually having a uh, an executive physical. Okay. At, at doctor's hospital. Yeah. Checking ah. it all out. So I uh, I got uh, poked and prodded and, and probed uh-huh. and uh, all seems well at that's at, uh, at 51. So that's good. You know, when you're, uh, you know, when you reach uh, 50 years, it's time to get, uh, you know, all the, yeah. all the mechanics but checked no, out. But no, I don't know, Blake. All the pipes. Just kidding. What's that? I said, I know, but no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Aaron pulls the um, age card again. I will continually. That's fine. Um, You'll you'll get there, Aaron. You'll get there. I know. Oh, 
Trust me, I know. Yeah, I think uh, I think when you're you know you're around that age and uh, life gets busy, uh, you got to take a moment just to make sure uh, you know totally uh, your body's in in okay shape so you can keep going another fifty. No, oh, so for sure. And Dr. Hospital uh, uh, does a really nice job with their executive physical. So anyway, um, kind of a crazy news day. Mm-hmm. What do you got for us? Um, press briefing today, one o'clock. Yes, we were. Yeah, yesterday we were wrong. I, know. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was really getting confused with my days yesterday, Aaron. I'll tell you. Uh, I was sitting there going, oh, yeah, today, today, today. And I think I had it in my brain that originally they were thinking about Thursday, but then yesterday kind of felt like a real Friday. Yeah, so we were we were totally confused, but definitely today. <laughs> yeah, today, one o'clock press conference. We will find out the magical date. The What's borders are opening. Well, mm-hmm. I do want to mention something. Um, yes. So yesterday, a census worker came to my house. Oh, good. I want to give a shout out to her because she was really awesome. She made it easy. We sat outside, social distancing. <laughs> Did you have a picnic? <laughs> well, no, I was out. I was out front, anyways, talking to my neighbor. But Hold then on. she came up. Huh? How long did it take? I hear it takes thirty minutes. It did take a while, oh, but it was it? fine. You know, because they ask you all these questions like, well, but that's a, do you, that's do what you a re- census is. Do you recycle? And do you obviously, use we do recycle because power. my father in law is at junk. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so that, and it, we, d- yes, and we have solar panels. By the way, I also hear that if you, if you don't do the census, um, they could actually call the police on you because it's a law that you have to take part. Isn't that right? Yes, I mean there is a um, compulsion yeah. element to it, but you know That's they're just encouraging people to do it for all the right reasons. Yeah, yeah. I uh, mean sure. we, we can't sit here and complain about the fact that oh no one knows the population and then not and do then the not, not part- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. There is exactly. a reason why they're doing this whole thing. Yeah, you know? and so I, you know, and but I, she was yeah, great. Participate. Yeah. I hear she's yeah. a fan of our show. And she, uh, yeah, and she, you know what she did? She goes, yeah, yeah, I know, you know, I know you're on the radio, and then. Oh, I watch you on CMR. So, thumbs up. Yay. Awesome. The census worker, Carrie Ann. Sure, I'm pretty sure. Carrie Ann. All right. You know That's me. Fun. I'm terrible with news. What you got anyway. for us, Sandy? So, um, this morning, we're actually going to be doing a really special uh, interview about Caymanians living abroad with uh, okay. COVID filled worlds. So, you know, we've gotten a little glimpse of it, but there are Caymanians who are literally. Uh, living in the thick of it. So Kevin um, is doing an interview with them, which we're going to hear today. <clears throat> Some regulation changes that dropped late um, yesterday afternoon, uh, which include um, that, well, it, it's a little bit complicated, but basically the short of it is um, those with Caymanian ties or connections, which include children of Caymanians, do not have to verify their vaccination Why? to get the benefit of a seven-day quarantine. So they mm-hmm. get lesser quarantine period, but it removes the vaccine verification, which I think for some people what's presented the point of that? a problem. Yeah, what's the point of doing that? So um, now they and get seven days instead of ten. You're just creating a Swiss cheese, you know? Yeah, well... I think that, uh, you know, they... Um, Holes of the protection plan. Well, I don't understand that. Just, yeah, I think that, you know, in some places, it's probably easier to get uh, some sort of so-called proof that you've been vaccinated when you really haven't. I mean, I had a lady in our show um, <clears throat> who, 
you know, said that her helper said she wasn't going to get vaccinated, but she could just go to Jamaica and pay. Um, I forgot how much it was to buy a fake vaccination card. What? Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, she I mean, one day, one morning, and said, "Hey, why would, why would this you is go?" What my helper said she's got connections. I think free. it was like yeah. thirty thousand dollars or something that she could pay for it, which I don't think is a whole lot of money, really. That's so ridiculous. Um, go get the vaccine. The vaccine is free. Yeah, I, I don't really yeah, understand that. It's not like, um, it, yeah, I see both sides of it, but it's not like expats are, are, you know, the only ones spreading the virus. So, you know, they should get the mandate. It's it's everyone. It, it's it's coronavirus. COVID-19 shows no discrimination yeah, on absolutely. anybody on the planet. Right. You know, yeah. Regardless of color, race, ethnicity, uh, gender, whatever. Exactly. So uh, go get the vaccine. And I, I think after today's press conference and they say, you know what, we're going to open on November 22nd, whatever yeah. the magical date is, uh, I think there'll be uh, a lot more people going to get the vaccine. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in other places, they're now telling, um, you know, they keep in New York and California expanding the categories of people who have to get um, vaccinated. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's police officers. and Oh, you no, know, the vaccine mandate is reforming the, the police officers. Us. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Perfect. I know. Uh, officers who do not want to comply with the laws of the land, uh, you know, yep. hang up your badge and go find something else to do. Great. But reform. Uh, yeah, needed reform. Fantastic. Reform. It's definitely very, very interesting. So New York City requiring vaccines for cops, firefighters, firefighters and city workers. Yeah, I think what will be interesting is, is um, I mean, they can give a date, but I think what comes along with with the opening as far as the rules of you know is if quarantine is being dropped and i'm referring to quarantine as something you would do if you're traveling uh and they replace it with self-isolation if you get covid how does all that work that those are the mechanics the logistics that i'm curious about yeah we'll definitely get um some of the details of we're we're expecting to have more details of how all of that because once we drop quarantine there'll be a lot of coronavirus on the island oh yeah for sure in in a very short amount of time i mean yesterday just alone um let me just dig it up really really quick yesterday there were um one new positive in the traveler nine in nine in the community among the uh community cases eight are students so every mm-hmm. that's every day, right? We're getting sorry, that's an old one. No, no, no. Yesterday was twenty-eight. Yeah, I take that. Yeah. Back. So we had twenty-eight community positives, yeah, zero in travelers. Yeah. And um it's here already. Children. So, so today we have two hundred and fifty-eight active cases. There you go. In the Cayman Islands. Um, yeah, so twenty-eight new ones. Yeah. Um, did they say how many children in that one? They always seem to miss leave out some bits and pieces of information. Two um, hospitalized. And the vast majority, 256 still hospitalized. Yeah. But that's not, that's the one. Now listen to this, 155 symptomatic and 103 asymptomatic. So, you know, some people been, um, that's, that's the total numbers, obviously, Mm -hmm. um, as of October 21st, but a lot of people have been saying, um, you know, oh, well, um, what about, um, the fact that this never gives anybody symptoms, there's been this whole bit of misinformation out there. Yeah. That is so, this even real because no one seems to get any symptoms and that's just not true. So imagine those 300 people that have it right now. Yeah. 
uh, not being forced to stay home. And then they're out in the community that will mm -hmm. amplify the spread uh, very quickly. It, if there's no self-isolation. Yes. So I'm, so I'm real curious about how that's all going to work because wow. we'll right about Christmas, if they open on November 22nd, uh, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll have a lot of coronavirus and maybe a lot of people in isolation or not. We'll see. I mean, we're always going to have to end up living with it. It's mm -hmm. just kicking the can down the road. If we, that's the only thing is we just need to catch up with what everyone else in the world has really been dealing with. Cause death. it's going to be it, not <laughs> saying death. I'm just saying the vaccine is here. It's readily available. Yeah. yeah. No one's, you know, no one's been on, no one's on a ventilator right now. Uh, yeah. But we have community spread. So that is true. I'm, and the Delta the variant is here. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's, uh, it isn't, um, it isn't an easy, but you still can take precautions outside of the vaccine. Yeah. There's masks, there's social distancing, you know, there's hand sanitizing. Let me tell you something. Nobody is social distancing. So, you, well, no, but that's, I mean, but that's, I mean, I'm in line at Kirk, Kirk Market yes. for, uh, you know, at the deli and I got somebody creeping up on my, you know, on my shoulder, like, back up yeah you know they yeah. Use little dots not on only it. that uh blake but you missed it yesterday we were actually talking on the program about um people including a known business now we're, we're checking some things with the rcaps before <laughs> we make them um you know what of the day but um this apparently this guy has a no mask wearing position because he goes out in public to other restaurants we actually have him on video from sunday not wearing a mask and then yesterday another viewer to the program just happened to ironically said, oh, I went into the smoothie place and none of the staff are wearing masks and I thought it was required. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting because it is required of restaurants and servers to wear masks. So there's some people Absolutely. who are purposely um, telling their employees. It's a $10,000 um, fine. Yeah. If, if the employees of the restaurant are found to not be wearing a mask yep. after the owner. And, and it seems to be that he's telling his employees not to put on a mask. And so um, we're wondering if the police intend to do anything about this or if this is just another thing we breach. Um, is that, is that so something that you've confirmed? Have you gone in there and seen them not wearing masks? Um, I plan on making a trip. Let's just put it that way. Okay. So we won't mention yes. it until you confirm it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about him yesterday because we do have him on video in another restaurant um, not wearing oh. a mask. Well, it's kind of a gray area because you can be sitting at a table and not have to wear a mask. So. Um, yeah, it wasn't that type of a business. It was like okay. a Subway sandwich shop. Ah, mm -hmm. in that, well, yeah. If you're in line, yeah, you're supposed to be wearing a mask. Yes, so. precisely. Is nobody calling this person out? I'd be. Uh, we hey, did bro. We did yesterday, and we're not done yet. No, but I mean in line. If I looked around and I saw somebody well, not wearing a mask. That's exactly why the person sent us the video, because they were like, what are you doing in here without a mask on? Oh, and they and did he And they respond? recorded it, yeah. Hmm. And what was the answer? um nothing <laughs> just kind of ignored it okay interesting stuff i tell well, you we will we will have a lot to talk about on monday i'm sure after today's press press conference again it's at one o'clock mm -hmm. and Finally. and we'll today, see today not yesterday <laughs> we'll see yeah we'll we'll see what happens we'll see what happens um uh sandy the year throwback year is 2010 i know we probably we didn't give you time to pick a song 
Um, um, did you? I'm gonna go with. Okay. Um, yeah, no, no. Aaron told me yesterday. So the, the reason why 2010 is because that's the year that Aaron and I started me. our show together. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. We're, we're up to. We're up to speed. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> got all the info we. Can I know. Aaron. Aaron was filling in, doing a great <laughs> job. Right. Okay. So I'm gonna thank Jan for her. Um, I'm having viewers comment or pick the songs for me now. Okay. So I'm gonna go with Jan's selection. Jam. Um, move like Jagger. Moves like Jagger. I think that's a good ah, one. We, we played it. We played it earlier. But... Okay. Well, we got another one from Jam. She gave us two. Okay. Um, how about Bruno Mars? The way you are. That's a good one. Yeah, just, I love just Bruno Just the Mars. way you are. I love Bruno yeah. Mars. Okay, like I think he's seriously underrated. Underrated. I mean, the guy's I think, huge. I, no, he's huge, but not as big as he should be. He's just. There you go. All around. Great a song. Great performer singer everything yeah um yeah. great song from 2010 i remember this was we were playing this uh a banging lot. it on the radio yeah. so mm -hmm. you have a great weekend thank you thank you and enjoy the press conference we'll mm -hmm. check thank you, you so on monday awesome have a good one guys you too you see too. you later bye, right. bye. All right, good folks. Um, good morning, good morning, good morning to everybody. So <clears throat> we're doing things a little bit different this morning. I'm going to um, do my morning greetings. Marshall, <clears throat> sorry, Olivia, Ervalyn, Atlas, <clears throat> Anthony, uh, Felicia, Diamond Princess, Emma. Make sure you go, folks, and have a look at uh, clicking your little reminder for the press briefing at 1 o'clock. We will be streaming it live, of course. AJ uh, says Tampa, Florida, right here in the thick of it. Hey, AJ, old st stomping grounds there. Daisy, Buenos Dias, Miss Ann. AJ says so many people are dying even after taking the vaccine. Well, not really, AJ. Uh, some people are still dying even with the protection of the vaccine. And if that's not reason enough to run out there and get vaccinated, I don't know what is. Uh, but you have a much greater chance of not being hospitalized and um, not catching it. Um, not being, you have a reduction actually of transmitting it, which means less likely to catch it if you're vaccinated, as well as um, less, way less likely to be hospitalized and way less likely um, to be um, hospital, hospitalized and die from it. So it's really um, about your chances, folks. This is what it's all about. So um, a big shout out to Kevin, who had another fabulous show last night. If you guys missed it, you missed a real treat because that one is about local preparedness. I know on Tuesday, he's actually going to have the HSA on and um, the HSA is going to be some representatives of uh, the HSA are actually going to be talking about how they are uh, prepared for the coronavirus um, increase in numbers that we will undoubtedly see once the borders continue to open up. It's coming, folks. Good morning, Alice. Good morning, Jade. Anne Marie. Um, so yes, I am, um, you know, out and about and today, this morning at the both the premier and the governor are getting booster shots. So I am going to um be uploading the interviews. Please, please stay tuned for those folks because I'm gonna upload them and then you can listen to those very, very interesting interviews. So Marshall, uh Blissful Powell, Amaria's here. Good morning. Um and Marshall says, yes, uh, nothing saves you from dying uh, in response to Anne's comment, which says, because the vaccine does not save you from dying. Yeah, nothing saves you from dying. 
um, even wearing your seatbelt, but you sure have a better chance of surviving a car accident if your seatbelt is on. Uh, Louis is on his third cup of tea for the morning. Whoa, hello. Uh, good morning, Jennifer. Good morning, Richie. Celine would be selling her Italian biscuits. Oh my gosh, at the lobby of the Omar Greedeville on Saturday from two to five. So uh, Richard, <clears throat> you know, I'm going through a um, lifestyle transformation in terms of the diet. So I would love some of those biscuits, but I got to try to hold on and be good. Uh, folks, census workers out there working hard in the heat, uh, please take the time to um, assist the census workers. You're assisting yourselves at the end of the day. Let's get this done, Cayman. Beginning the 10th of October, residents across the Cayman Islands will be invited to participate in the 2021 census. What is the census? Simply put, the census is a headcount of every person living in the Cayman Islands. The population count and data are protected and authorized by the Statistics Act. The information is confidential and cannot be shared with any law enforcement agencies. Your response helps guide business, social, and economic planning for the future of our islands. The 2021 Census will inform decisions on how millions of dollars are allocated for roads, schools, hospitals and healthcare clinics, fire, emergency response services, and other programs. Census enumerators will visit your household, ask a few questions like how many people live in your house, including their age and sex. Every person counts, no matter who you are or where you live. So have your say in the 2021 census. When I see people on social media saying that COVID is not real, it makes me so very angry. As a nurse, I'm like, how dare you just shadow me one day? just one day, just an hour, walk around this unit and see what you see and you will know that COVID is real. I think sometimes it's easy for people that are sitting on the comfort of their own couch, posting on social media about why the vaccine isn't good for you. That's what I find truly frustrating because we are in here and we're seeing it every day. We're watching people die. I understand that people have certain reservations about the vaccines, but you know, you see hospitals full of COVID patients. You don't see hospitals full of patients that are sick because of the vaccine. We've been keeping track of our deaths that have been happening in our ICUs, and 100% of these deaths are in the unvaccinated individuals. My father died in April. He was scheduled to get his vaccine the day he was admitted into the hospital, but they didn't have enough back in March. There are vaccines at every store, at every corner, and I'm taking care of people every day who make that choice to not be vaccinated. Don't let your families go through that pain. That pain is something that rips our hearts out every time we have to put <coughs> your family member in a body bag and then having to do it to our own family who would have done anything to be vaccinated but couldn't be. I have been an ICU nurse for 16 years and I have zipped up more body bags from March of last year to this point than I have in my career. We 
New York zipping up body bags for two 30-year-olds within 48 hours of one another, you don't get over that. Scientists all over the world are coming to recognize that this is a war that is going to be with us for a while, especially I think living in Florida with our current vaccination rates. This is a war that we're going to have to continue to fight and our best defense against the virus is still vaccination. You're watching a special edition of the CMR COVID Spotlight, and we are checking in with Caymanians who are living abroad in a COVID-filled world. And right now, Jared joins me for the first one of many that will follow. Jared, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited, but doing good. Wonderful. So I start off, or we'll be starting off every single segment with the same question. Who you for? Okay, so I am for um, a lady known as my mother, Arlene McGill. Um, she's, she works at HSA in the um, Behavioral Health Unit. Um, but yeah. Perfect. Well, where are you at and what is the COVID situation like in the area that you live in? So I'm currently in Canada, in British Columbia. Um, the situation here is that, you know, you still, everyone has to wear masks when you um, are in buildings, such as like supermarkets, um, just any building. If you're outside, you don't have to wear a mask. Um, the situation here is that, well, if, you, if you're not double vaccinated, you can't eat out at restaurants. Um, however, for everyday essentials, um, you can still go to the Walmart, but you just can't eat, eat out if you're not double vaccinated. You have to show proof of that through um, a QR code printed document, which um, you get issued. I could show it, but I could show that later. Got it. And um, what you doing over in Canada? Okay, so currently I'm working as the enrollment advisor for a university over here in British Columbia. Um, I was studying um, about a little bit over a year and a half ago, but I graduated in uh, 2020. So with your job, you're kind of in around people all the time, people that might have COVID, might not have COVID. What's that like for you? Uh, it can be a little bit nerve wracking because it's like you don't know who to trust. It's not like you can say, oh, this person got COVID. So you have to like be cautious when you're hanging out with friends to a degree. You have to limit um, your interactions or scale it back as how it was prior for me. I used to just go around and be like, hey, let's have some fun sort of thing. But since COVID has um, entered the playing field, I've had to be a bit more tactful. I've had to, okay, hand san do a lot of hand sanitizing, you know, j just be overly cautious with the interactions and people who I'm interacting with. So walk me through like when you go grocery shopping or I'm sure you still hang out with some friends and stuff. What, what are you doing to protect yourselves, uh, yourself as well as just how, are you still able to still enjoy life? I, but yes, I'm still able to enjoy life. The, the only difference is that one, I have to wear a mask. Two, I have to constantly use um, hand sanitizers um, before, after everything that I do. It's like, it's like a routine, like, oh, have I, have I like cleaned my hands? Have I, you know, like there's, there's a lot of surfaces um, that I'm touching, um, but 
it's it's still business as usual in a sense. Um, it depends on certain activities that you want to go to. So if I want to like go to a movie, I'm gonna have to make sure that I'm double vaxxed. I'm gonna have to make sure that you know I bring my um vaccine passport and a, a another um proof of identity document. So that to me that's a little bit weird, but you know I try I try not to think too much about it. This is just you know what it will be for the time being, and hopefully um, things open up a little bit more. So tell me something, do you have like friends that may not have gotten vaccinated and how do you deal with that type of situation? So, so that's a very interesting question. I, I do have friends that are, that are not vaccinated. I, I don't, um, I don't, I don't look down on them or any way. I just, I just respect their opinion. I just tell them the reason why I got vaccinated. I got vaccinated because, you know, I want to be able to travel home. That, that the only reason why. It's not that you know Canada is my home, Cayman is my home. Um, for those for those of my friends who haven't been vaccinated, you know, usually sometimes they might tell me why they chose their their choice. You know, they might say individual right, you know, religious right of freedom. Um, but I will say, um, for those for some of my friends who work in healthcare, um, Canada has been a bit stringent in saying that oh, you have a certain time frame. To be vaccinated by, and if you if you don't get vaccinated by that time, you're you're pretty much out of a job. Is how it's how it's looking. So I have friends that are in that situation. It's a little bit weird because you know, yes, they have their individual rights, but it's 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 looking at the greater good of everybody as well. So it 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 the COVID situation puts them and people in a very tricky situation where. They have to learn that well, you know, it's it's not just about you at the end of at the end of the day, but it's about everybody holistically in the world, in the country, in your town, in your city. So if if giving a little bit of that up helps open things up, it it it, it could mean light at the end of the tunnel. But I do respect their opinion, but like, you know, that that's cool. Me and them still friends. It's not like we're not going to talk or whatever. I just I just respect what you know, you do. And as a matter of fact, because they haven't been vaccinated, what I do is that I tend to be a bit more careful in proximity, in, in terms of conversing. I just even double up to make sure that I'm, you know, I'm washing my hands, I'm hand sanitizing and doing those things. Because I wouldn't want something bad to happen to them as well, right? Because it, it affects everyone differently, COVID. Absolutely. So we're going to start wrapping things up and I want to leave you with an opportunity. As you know, Cayman is just about to, you know, make plans to reopen to the world um, where there are going to be a lot less restrictions. What would be your thoughts or your final words or, or your advice, I should say, to the people of the Cayman Islands? My advice would be to people is that, you know, one, consult your doctors, um, look at your personal decisions as to why you would um, want to take the COVID. And, you know, based off that, you make you make a informal decision between yourself and also i would say you know when you look at um the secretary of state um colin paul who passed away um yes he was double vaxxed and he passed away however the question could have been like well if he wasn't vaxxed would he have died sooner and so with that what i'll say is that you have to think about your community you have to think about your grandma your grandpa your daddy your mommy and you, you don't want them to pass away because they were protected. So those are my remarks.
really appreciate you taking the time and stay warm because I know it's starting to cool down over there. I can see you even dressed up a little. It is, yes. <laughs> Keep I don't cool. like the cold. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully I'll get to see you back home in the Cayman Islands in the very near future. So appreciate you taking the time out to, to speak with me about this. Definitely, 100%. Thank you so much for having me. You have a good one too. Hey, so we are with Lisa Hilton, and uh, she is one of the lovely Caymanians we have that are living abroad. So, but before we get started, Lisa, tell me something. Who are you for? <laughs> so I am for Richard and Anna Hilton um, out of Spots Newlands, which is in the same area that you grew up in as well, Kevin. So we went to Savannah Primary together, and I then eventually went to Triple C. Actually, I think we did Triple C together. That's what it was. Triple C, yeah. mm -hmm. C, and then um, St. Ignatius Catholic School, uh, and then Community College, and then eventually leaving Cayman. So yes. Okay. Well, you are where exactly? So I live in Los Angeles, California. Okay. So what's the COVID situation like over by you? Yeah, you know, so these days I was, as we were preparing to chat, you know, I just looked online and saw that, you know, um, in terms of new cases, there's, there seems to be not many, there are like zero cases that they reported yesterday, which was September 17th. And that's just Googling uh, COVID cases in Los Angeles um, for today. But uh, for us, I would say that primarily right now, like whenever you go to like the supermarkets or to restaurants, like people still wear masks. The mask mandate is still on for everyone to wear masks when they're going indoors. Um, however, every state sort of handles things differently because I was recently in Texas um, and the mask mandates have a different approach there. But here in California, it's far more, it's a very strict. So if you're indoors in restaurants or different item, like different things like that, then there is definitely a mask mandate. Yeah, and California has been one of those places that's had it really strict, more or less throughout the entire mm -hmm. pandemic. Not all states have had it that strict. And California never was in a position where it just had no cases reported in a day. There was a time where there were many, many cases. In fact, one of the variants came out of California, the California variant. But, you know, there, there were a lot of people that did have COVID. They were out and about. So how yeah. did you live with that? Yeah, you know, um, it's it's still like you, you know, I know that I'm not immune to COVID. I know that. Um, so I did a couple of things when the vaccine was available. I decided to take the vaccine. So I chose to do Pfizer. Um, and I took shot number one in like April and then shot number two sometime in May. So for me, like that helps me to at least boost my own immune system, knowing that it doesn't prevent me from getting the virus, but it at least helps my body to fight it if I was to catch it. Um, and then when I'm going about doing my, my you know, natural errands in the here in LA, like I just use same precautions in terms of following the mask mandates. Um, and, you know, just using common sense, but not allowing the fact that COVID is out there to stop me from continuing to do the things I want to do in my life. So you're not really afraid you're able to go to your restaurants, you go shopping, mm -hmm. you're, you're able to live your life entirely without having to be in complete fear. That's right. Yeah. Um, I was just in, as I said before, I was just in Austin last week. Um, and I will be going back to Austin this upcoming week and I'll be in Dallas like a week or two later from now. So yes, going on flights, like, yeah, you know, I do feel, 
a sense of, you know, like deep down, I feel the fear, but like, I know that I have to keep going. I need to keep creating and building my life. Like I just can't stay closed forever. So, yeah. Tell me a little bit what you, you do for a living. I know you're kind of sure. for some type of real estate. Explain that. And of course, that means you're around people. Yeah. So I am the founder and CEO of LisaHilton.com. It's a boutique real estate investment firm that provides opportunities for business owners and entrepreneurs to invest in cash flowing real estate um, to build wealth uh, and also to achieve tax benefits. You know, tax is a big thing here in the United yeah, States. Is. So being able to invest in real estate in a way that is very tax efficient. Perfect. And so again, that does bring you around people, yes. but you could still carry out your function in what you're doing in a safe manner and, right. and not living in that sense of fear. Yeah. You know, I think one of the key things that I would also share with people is like, take care of yourself, like sleep, get enough sleep, um, work out, like have a routine. Maybe you're not someone that is like super workout person, like running several miles, but like, you know, go for walks. Like those are things that are not going to give you exposure to COVID if you're going for a walk um, in, you know, not necessarily around other people, but like being able to have that time to get out there and then eating well. So lots of fruits and vegetables um, and just really taking care of yourself and, you know, uh, conditioning your mind for positivity, because that's going to also help you to continue to show up for your life and what it is that you're trying to create. And about just over 70%, I believe, of people in Cayman are fully vaccinated um, back home. And, and so what are your tips to them, to, to those really that are not yet vaccinated? And what's kind of your message to them? Well, you know, um, what I would say is for the people who are not vaccinated, I think, number one, it's your choice. It, it always is your choice. And I think that if you feel that that's what you want to do, by all means, go for it and keep keep going down the path. Um, I do encourage people that are around me to get vaccinated. I think it at least helps your body. Um, it's not going to it's not preventing you from you know, contracting COVID by any means, but I would say that a lot of the people around me who have decided to take the vaccine has enabled them to, um, you know, be able to have a shorter time with the virus and, you know, potentially even a milder form than, you know, if they felt like as though they didn't do it, um, didn't take the vaccine. So luckily, knock on wood, I have not had that issue so far. So, uh, you know, I'm just really grateful. I'm just, I got one last question. When you got the vaccine, did you grow an extra arm or have any serious effects <laughs> on that? <laughs> um, and the answer to that is no. So like the first dose, um, I didn't even feel anything differently. The second dose, I definitely felt it for that day. Um, and it sort of slowed me down. But then once, you know, once I got into the second and third day, like I was just back to normal. And you know, now we're in September and I've, you know, I took the second one in May, no problems. Like I'm out here living my life and continuing to do the things that I want to do. So, yeah. Lisa, it was awesome catching up with you. Really appreciate you talking to me. Okay. Yes. Thank you, Kevin, for having me. So we're now with Sabrina Wong and Sabrina, I always start off with the same question. Who are you for? Um, so I'm the daughter of Bonnelly Connor and the late James Williams. All right, and um, so where are you at these days? I'm in Worsley, which is in Greater Manchester in the United Kingdom. 
Okay, so you're over there in England. And so, you know, England does have a lot of COVID all around and um, that sort of stuff. You got a lot of cases every day that's being reported there? Yes, loads of cases, loads of uh, deaths from the results of COVID. So what's it like living in an area that has COVID all around you? Um, in the beginning, I was quite fearful because I was not being educated of, um, on the true impact of the virus. So you can hear about the debt tolls, um, but until it becomes personal, then you really don't have a, a, a true understanding of, of what's um, entailed in it. Um, so preventive measures. Um, so I live in a, in a village, um, so it's a small village. So anything within the village uh, would quickly spread. So just making sure I take extra precautions and doing things such as cleaning my front door even, um, uh, not really having visitors come over because you don't know who they're in contact with. Um, so you want to prevent the, the spread of the, the, uh, the virus. Um, and the first, I would say the first six months of COVID was basically shut in where um, there was absolutely no, no movements at all. Um, just because I didn't understand what was happening and I wanted to be educated and, and to have um, sound understanding on how, on how this virus spread and what was the impact of, it, of the virus. And the vaccine came out eventually, but I know you and I were kind of talking a little bit before and you weren't always very pro-vax. In fact, you, you made the statement that you were anti-vax. Yes, I was anti-vax. Um, and the reason for that is I look at the there's a large death toll of common flu here in the United Kingdom every year. Um, so my, my rationale is, well, if there's so many dying from the common everyday flu, um, why isn't a vaccine for it? You have the, the flu jab, um, which patients get annually. Um, so why isn't there a vaccine for that? Because people do die from it. It's, the results is similar. And then, you know, I shared some, some information with you as well just recently and, and showed you, you know, over a 10 year period, there was far less deaths than the year and a half of COVID deaths here in the United mm -hmm. States where I am. Um, and, and of course, there's other things that I guess at some point made you change your mind to get vaccinated, right? So I realized that the vaccine, um, so I'm um, doing a bit of research, I realized that the vaccine does not actually prevent you from getting the virus, but what it does is to minimize the symptoms that you would get with the virus, um, and therefore you would be able to recover um, quickly and not be critical. Um, there was a point here where I live in Manchester where there was no hospital beds available for patients. Um, they the NHS had run to full capacity. Um, so you had patients that were calling into their GPs um, because of the symptoms and, and needing to get assistance. Um, and that's when I think the country was basically said, okay, we're gonna go, to, go on, on a second lockdown um, to see if we can curb this. Um, right now, people are, are still very fearful because we're coming up to, the, um, to autumn, uh, going into winter. Um, which is where you normally see the spike of, of the common flu. So we're expecting the spike of COVID to go up, but at the same time, um, the message that we have received and been adhering to is make sure that you continue your safety measures, um, continue with, with your gloves, uh, sorry, with your mask. Uh, we used to wear gloves, 
not so much now. We use the, um, the antibacterial um, cream uh, for your hands and um, making sure that you're clean. So once once you go out, make sure that when you come back in, you you, uh, you take a shower, get rid of those clothes or get those clothes into wash quick, quickly. Um, keep disinfecting your household. Um, it was the case where even going to the supermarket um, where predominantly was ordering groceries online. Um, but here in Europe, we, we have um, food shortages, food shortage and also petrol shortage. So it's the case that you do have to go. You, you can already stuff, but they may not come to you. So you do have to go. Um, so it's either you're going to not have food or you're going to go and get food. Um, that's what that is essentially comes down to. But for the most part, you're okay going out to restaurants yeah. or oh. just going yeah. to take some safety measures. Yeah, so you take the safety measures. I mean, um, getting there a bit earlier, um, just making sure that you, you wipe down. So if you're going to sit in a seat, you know, you may choose to, to wipe that down. Um, uh, just for your for your your well-being. Um, if you're going to sit at a table with um with say for example you're out with friends, they live in a different household than you do, then you still want to make sure. So whereas before you'd probably um greet someone with a hug, you're not so you're not reluctant to do that right now. You you you're less reluctant to do it because you don't know who they've been in contact with um and how the virus, how quickly the virus can spread. So you know. A good amount of Cayman is fully vaccinated. We got more than seventy percent of people back home are fully vaccinated, and the numbers are, are going up. So we're, it's it's good, but it's not exactly where it should be. We we're hoping for higher eighties, even in the nineties, would be awesome. Um, because we know there's a small percentage of people that just can't get the vaccine as well because of health reasons. But underlying measures. Yeah, absolutely. So Cayman, you know, overall better than most of the world, but not exactly where we need to be. What would be your message to them? when it comes to getting vaccinated? So my message would be uh, to go out and get the vaccination. Um, it may not prevent you, that's okay. It, it may not prevent the, the spread of the virus, but it would it would decrease uh, the symptoms that you would have. Um, and for me personally, I felt like we were living in fear. So can't continue to live in fear to make sure and, and put extra measures in place, adhere to the regulations and, and you know, continue with, with life. I know that Cayman does not have um does not have a does not have does not have its own, like factories or or so forth. So we rely heavily on tourism. Um, so right now that that industry is flat out. Um, so we do need people. We do need persons to come in. We do need to to have revenue coming into the country. Um, so I would say you know as people who are there, do what you need to do to ensure that that. We can have some kind of normalcy. Um, I don't know what the effect is um, mentally in Cayman, but I, I've seen over here. I've um, had persons who have, um, but being in, in isolation for so long or being in lockdown for so long, um, persons have gone out and you know attempted to commit suicide. Um, so it's hard because everybody's basically in the same situation, and we're trying to just all go back to what was once normal, um, but in a healthy way, ensuring that everybody is is um, is safeguarded. Yeah, I know. Mental health is a big part of this. I know Cayman, actually, unlike when you and I were growing up there, um, you know, mental health wasn't really 
talked about, you never really heard much about it, but I, I would say over the last few years, um, they have really um, done a better job at focusing a bit more on it still. A, a good ways to go, but um, they do have a, a hotline that people could also call and other resources that people could now um, tap into that really, I don't think was there when we were growing up, at least we never ever heard about it and stuff. I think because it was a taboo subject, so it was something that was not necessarily discussed. Um, I think in, in a lot of years, um, it's become more transparent and people are, 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 op are willing to open up and, and um, expose their vulnerabilities. Um, just explain what they're feeling, what they're sensing, what they're going through. Um, I, I just think we're all in this together, you know. Um, I personally, I've, I've had a, in October, uh, 2020, I, my father became, well, was terminally ill. So I had to make the painstaking decision to return back to Cayman. But that in itself was a, was a challenge because I know what I was going for. Uh, mentally, but then to to travel during uh, the peak of COVID, um, I left home basically not knowing if I was going to be able to get on that flight because, um, so I had got permission to enter into Cayman, but uh, Britain was closing down that day, that exact same day, like twelve o'clock that morning. So and my my flight was due to depart Britain at nine a.m. and I live all the way up north, so traveling I have to travel like the day before to get down south to be able to fly out to Cayman. And it was nerve wracking. I was like, I was, I'm going to have to do it. Um, I'm going to have to take this chance. Yeah, that, that, that's a real, and you know, I, I didn't even think about that as much. You know, you might have a loved one back home who, you know, might be going through some serious health troubles. Like when, you're, when your dad, um, you know, was going through his and just the ability to get home, my goodness. I, I can only imagine the stress that, that that was that you were were going through. I mean that that is just that is tough, and, and I'm sorry that you had to go through that. Um, and and that's that just stinks. That's all I can say. And and yeah, um, it certainly does. You and your family. Thank you. Yeah, but Sabrina, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to show um, that yes, we could live in a world with COVID all around us. We just have to take our necessary precautions. And, and I'm glad that you um, changed your mind about getting vaccinated. Um, you, you've done your part to, to, again, promote public health. And, and that's what we really, really need to do. So thank you very much for, for the time. You're welcome. Thank you, Kevin. It's always um, a pleasure chatting with you. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, well, we're with Zachary McLaughlin. And, and Zachary, I'm going to ask everyone to start off with the very first question of who you're for. I am um, Zachary McLaughlin for Jewel. Lindsay, uh, you know, coming from a long line of McLaughlin's also from Ray McLaughlin uh, up in Bottom Town. Uh, my mother's from West Bay, father from Bottom Town. Uh, we lived all over the island for a long time. Uh, and then I finally, I left the island back when I was 15 to go to high school. Um, did some things around there for a little bit, graduated, went to college, uh, joined the military, traveled around the world a little bit, Hawaii, Germany, Italy. And now currently I, I'm, I'm living in the uh, United States in Oregon. Okay. And what's the, what's the COVID situation like over in Oregon? Um, it varies day by day. Uh, we got people that uh, that are unvaccinated, um, so we are all running around wearing masks when we go out. 
Um, uh, they, the, the sick people are coming into the hospitals here and there. It, it goes up and down. Uh, we just, I think, just went on lockdown like two weeks ago where we weren't allowed to uh, congregate in the area to have parties. Um, but they're, they're slowly trying to ramp it back down, but it, it, it changes day by day. So who's that little one next to you? It looks like you have something to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is this is one of my youngest. Um, he's a twin named, named Frederick, Frederick McLaughlin. Something. Um, how afraid of you? Uh, how afraid are you for uh, of COVID because you got you got young children? Um, we 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 we're afraid, but not not enough that they they mobilize us or anything like that. We we keep vigilant um treating it just like most most diseases and stuff that are out there we take precautions um we make sure we keep washing our hands we wear my wear masks whenever we go out uh, myself and my wife have both been vaccinated um that's for us um the kids as well as some family members that that also that are immune compromised that we we're watching out for and want to help make sure that we keep them safe and what are some of those other things that you do? Do you go to the restaurants? Do you kind of still hang out with friends? Are you able to pretty much live a, your normal life just with some added health precautions? We, we do, yes. Uh, we, we wear the mask whenever we go out to any type of um, huge areas with crowds and stuff like that. And we take um, hand sanitizers with us in order to keep, keep clean. Um, you know, ch children get into anything and everything. So we have to watch out for them and make sure that, you know, they're not putting stuff in their mouth as opposed to. Well, we, we take this, you know, similar precautions as you would as if it was flu season, you know, wearing masks, washing our hands more often, washing up for them. Um, whenever we do go to restaurants, uh, we we'll wear a mask till we sit down and whenever we're eating, we'll take it off. Um, but for the most part, we, we just follow when, you know, what regulations have been put upon us and, and keeping track of it. And, and you know, in Cayman, Cayman has a really good vaccination rate. It's somewhere over 70%, but there's still more people that need to be vaccinated. Um, what would be your message to those who are not yet vaccinated? Uh, to my fellow Caymanians, I'd say get it, man. It, it, yes, there's all kinds of things that are going on, but make sure you do your own research. You have to research your own stuff. You can't take someone else's word for it. Because I could tell you the sky is pink. And if you don't go ahead and go look and check, then you know, you're going to think it's pink. But it's up to you to so go ahead and look out there and check and see what's going on and what's the be the best benefits for you, your family, your friends. Um, all of us want to get out. We want to be able to go back to our all normalcy, but it, it takes time. Um, and it, but it's up to everybody to do their own part and their their own research to figure out what's going on, and what's happening. And you know, there's other people out there that you know they're you know Cayman was going to be they're going to open up at some point in time and when Cayman reopened his borders some people are so afraid that you know they're saying no Cayman should open his borders but like I'm here in Florida you're there in Oregon we have COVID pretty much all around us in our community we're able to live our lives what would be your message to those who are afraid of Cayman opening their borders um we, we can't be afraid of everything uh there, there we have to take the precautions and we take the right precautions I believe that we can go ahead and continue living a normal life. Uh, it, it takes, but it takes time to build up to that. And it, 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 once it's the, the, you know, people decide that that's what we're going to do in order for our livelihood, especially down the Cayman, because all it, it's tourists, you know, we need tourists to come down and help us out. Um, it's going to take that time to do that. So I just want you guys 
as a, as a family, as a country, we have to take the time in order to figure out how we're going to do that and what we need to do in order to facilitate that. Um, if you think about this, it's not the first time this has happened. We've had diseases all the time coming from different places. This, this is just a different bit of a, a different transition of it and how it's being transmitted to people. All right. So once we find the right precautions and the right medications that we need, then we, we go out and go forward and do what we need to do. Um, but to survive, we have to figure it out together. I really appreciate you taking the time with me, Zachary. All right, take it easy, man. No worries. Anytime. Thank you, guys. Hello. So we are now with Martina Watler, who happens to be my cousin, and she's here in Florida with me. But um, and I, I let everyone kind of start off with the same question, Martina. And, and the question is so easy. Who are you for? <laughs> Hi, everyone. So my name is Martina Watler. Um, my father is Mark Watler. And my mom is Christina Watler. Gotcha. So you recently came up to Florida, first year college student over at University of South Florida, USF. So you're you're right in my area. We know COVID here is mm -hmm. is a lot. There's a lot of cases. Yes. Um, what I want you to kind of, you know, share some of your experiences so far. You know, you just came from Cayman where there was no COVID. Now you got yeah. you know, hear about some of the community cases, but you now came to a state, an area, living in, in an area where there's a lot of cases going on. What's that like for you? Um, honestly, before I left Cayman, I was very nervous to come to the States, although I was keen just because, you know, the in-person classes would be a new atmosphere, a new environment. It was very scary because I assumed that it would be very hectic here at university with COVID going on. Um, you know, coming from a much smaller bubble, everyone is so protected. Um, people that come in and out of the country is very controlled. Um, and a majority of the country did have vaccine vaccines. But over here, it is quite different because a lot of people don't really care about um, you know, the safety of others at times. Some people here are quite selfish, so not many people wear masks, but um, just taking your own safety precautions to protect the community that you're in is very important. Even though many other people are not doing it, I think it's very important to just play your role. So um, yeah, it is quite different. Um, COVID here is on a much larger scale, but there are still things that you can do to prevent um, or avoid attaining, you know, COVID. So you came here fully vaccinated, so you had that level of protection. But mm -hmm. when you came here and you came fully vaccinated, you know that there's you know about half the population here fully vaccinated. Um, did that really make you nervous knowing that there's so much more virus here? Did that stop you from really going out and about enjoying your college experience? um so to be honest not as much as i thought it would have you know um in cayman i was more afraid of coming to america just because i said you know you know um transmission of the virus is so much easier because not many people here have the vaccine and it's just so much harder to um control your i guess how how much you're exposed to the virus because you never know who around you has it but from my personal experience i would say I don't necessarily restrict myself from going off campus, but I only go off campus once every other week just because there is a lot of um, work to do. So, you know, a lot of us stay in the library, in the dorms. Um, it's just me and my three closer friends. So we don't necessarily mix with other people. So it's not as difficult, I guess, just in my particular situation, just because I'm not 
used to going out all the time, especially in a foreign country. But um, yeah, I wouldn't say that I necessarily restrict myself, but I do take the safety precautions, which is very important, especially staying away um, from people who don't wear masks in particular. And you know Cayman is going to be opening its borders at some point in time, not so just in the future. Um, and, and there's a lot of people that are really afraid when that happens. What would be your message to them? Um, so personally, of course, I understand why many people back home would not want the borders to be open or why they're so afraid of it. But, you know, inevitably life will have to continue. We can't necessarily be overly afraid of the virus, we have to learn how to overcome it as a community. So um, I would just say back home, you know, try your best to stay safe, take your safety precautions. Government should be putting regulations and guidelines um, in place for tourists and locals to abide by, just so that the community is safe and that the transmission isn't so, um, I guess, wide or overly growing. But um, I guess, the last thing that you would want to do as a country is to go back in lockdown and to have to readjust to remote life again. So just make sure that if you have any symptoms, just get tested, make sure you play your part in the community. If you need to quarantine, if you need to do what you need to do, just do it for the safety of your community and protect those around you. So yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for spending some time with me, Martina. Really appreciate you taking the time. Okay, thank you. So Jen Baden Evans now joins us. And Jen, I start off with everyone saying who you thought. Tell me about your Cayman connection. Um, my name is Jen Baden Evans. Um, my uh, uncle is Roland Baden and my dad's Chris Evans. So pretty much if you don't know one, you definitely know the other or both at the same time. So um. that's for sure. Now, I know you and I actually met when I worked at Polk County Fire Rescue. Um, so you work, you know, in that environment where you're in and out of hospitals, taking patients every single day that you work and um, you're, you're exposed all the time. I know you said that you're fully vaccinated as well. So, you know, living in a world with COVID all around you, what's that like? You know, um, when COVID first came over here, it was really surreal because nobody was really going out or doing anything. And at work, it wasn't as busy as it as it used to be. You know, um, and it was a little scary, you know, um, but when, you know, they said that the vaccine was coming out and everything, I jumped on that so that I would be able to, you know, go see my dad and that I'd be able to get out and go around. And, you know, I still take precautions, you know, when I go out, um, if I'm feeling sick, which I haven't, um, I would obviously stay home. Um, some people wear masks and that's great. Some people don't, and that's fine too. It's, you know, up to you really. Um, but I just take proper precautions. You know, I don't, I don't, um, go around anybody out, out here if they're sick or anything like that. So I'm around a lot of sick people at work. I don't want to be around sick people. Like, oh, yeah. you get enough workplace exposures. You don't want to be around, um, no. you know, any, any others outside of that. Cause you're getting, you know that viral load especially with the delta variant all the time and and have you gotten COVID at all or no i haven't gotten COVID. thank god um uh, I, I do know a few people that have gotten it and it varies um you know some are you know okay and they just have the sniffles and some a little bit more sick you know but um 
you know, I'm, I'm lucky in that I haven't caught it yet. And I have had a lot of exposure. I've had patients that, you know, I know that they have COVID. So I take all the proper precautions, you know, where we have to like gown up and do everything. But then we have, we have other patients where we don't know that they're COVID positive, you know? So I've had like a full exposure and I'm, I, because I got the vaccine, I think that that's what, what's really helped me. Yeah, absolutely. And talk about going to restaurants, going grocery shopping. What's that like mm -hmm. for you? Um, it's like it was before COVID. Um, you know, I, I go to restaurants and I go to the grocery store. I mainly get Instacart just because my time is very valuable to me. But if I need to go to the store to get something specific, I, I don't have a problem hopping in my car and going uh, down to the store. It doesn't really it doesn't really keep me inside my house anymore. Now, Jen, you know, back home, they don't have Instacart. But <laughs> yes, Instacart is pretty much groceries get delivered for those yeah. who are watching. Um, we have a little app that we have that we could order. Just like, you know, everyone heard of Uber. You just yep. order your food and they bring the food to your door for you. That simple. <laughs> I don't think there's any service like that in Cayman. There may be, but I, I really don't know about it. But it's certainly not called Instacart. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But no, no, but Jen, really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me about this. But one of the questions I have, you know, you do have a lot of people that are not yet vaccinated, came on, got a great, great turnout so far. More than 70% there is, is fully mm -hmm. vaccinated, way better than here in Florida. Um, right. But the, it's still not where it really needs to be. What would be your recommendation, especially working in the medical field for those individuals? I'd recommend getting the vaccine. Um, we're seeing, I've seen personally a, a, a lot of trends where people that aren't vaccinated are sicker than the ones that do get vaccinated. So I'd say recommend, I'd recommend definitely getting the, the vaccine for sure. Have you ever dealt with a patient that got vaccinated and then you had to take them to the hospital because of the vaccine? No. Yeah. And then what about the people that are afraid of the borders reopening because you know Cayman has been in that nice bubble where you know COVID really wasn't transmitting there just recently we just had a few cases of community spread but it's not you know at any amount like it is in the majority of the world for those people that are really afraid oh my goodness we're going to be opening up and I am like I'm just afraid what what, what would you say to them I say don't live your life in fear you know you can't sit around thinking what if what if what if and watch your life slip away you got to get out there and you gotta have to experience life. There's a lot of scary things out there, a lot scarier than COVID. So I say, go out there. All right, we really appreciate you spending the time with me, Jen, and uh, hope you have a, a great rest of your day. Take care. Yeah, you bye. We are now joined by Claudia Wells Metzler, and she is going to uh, give us a little update on, you know, Caymanian living abroad and how, how that's working out for her. And with Claudia, we always start off by asking who you're from. Who are from? Okay, Kevin. Um, let me tell you, my daddy was Carly Ebanks, and my mother was Vita Ebanks. And everybody know my brother, Pastor Allison Ebanks. So that's the clan. That's where I, that's who I, I fa. That's who you're from. Well, where are you? And what's it like in your area right now? And of course, I'm from West Bay, right? Originally. Right now, I am in Washington, D.C. or Maryland. I've been here for about two months. But um, since inception of COVID, I was in Florida. That's where 
we, uh, my husband and I reside. And um, so we, as you know, close to you right there in Tampa, but right now when I'm in DC, heading back home to Florida on Friday. Gotcha. And I know both places have had a lot of COVID cases around. So you're around people who are infected, whether you know they're infected or not, because cases are high throughout the United States. What's it like living in an area where you don't know who have COVID or not? Um, you know, it's being so mindful of the fact that this is where we are. This We are in a pandemic still, um, even though it was we found about it over about it over a year ago. So for me, um, there are a couple of things I'm mindful about. I go out if, if it's necessary, or I always make sure I got my mask and I make sure that I have all the things that I need, sanitation, sanitizing, but I'm mindful of when I'm going. I don't wanna go out on a Friday evening when there's a lot of people there. So being mindful, is um, one of the things for me, okay, making sure I got my mask, making sure that I'm not going to go out when there's a lot of crowds, um, what, making sure that I am staying my distance from people, and, and but not being paranoid, but just being very mindful. Is it really difficult to do that? You know what? It's not. You know, I think everybody went through a time when, when, when the whole world locked down within about 24 hours that it, it, we were all, I mean, I think we, we, to be honest, everybody was fearful. We just didn't know what we were dealing with. And sure, my first, when, when we started first going out, even to a supermarket, even to go my grocery shopping, when I first started, I was very anxious because, you know, and everybody else was anxious. People were avoiding each other and stuff, but you 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 listen to the to what people are saying about science you listen to what precautions should be taken and then i started to plan my course of action i would go shopping you know i would think okay i would go early in the morning when i know there's not a lot of crowds and so as i put into practice things that because i i didn't want to live in a this this stress i knew was going to be as bad as if you got sick I'm like, you know, I don't, I can't live in such a stressful situation. So I'm going to take the necessary precautions, do the things that I need to do to be able to live as normal as I can in this situation. And I know you're fully vaccinated. Your husband's fully vaccinated. Uh, vaccinated. So what made you make that decision? Um, my husband, from the beginning, he was very concerned and he said he whenever the vaccine came out he was going to get it um i on the other hand was totally i needed to know more i was i personally was very skeptical but i kept looking and listening and reading um so february uh, of this year he got it and he became fully vaccinated um, I still didn't decide on it. I was praying about it. I was reading. I was asking questions. In March of this year, my husband came down, had a stroke. And so I was in and out of the hospital with him. And I, I spoke to my primary care doctor and she said, you're, you're just exposing yourself. You need to become vaccinated. 
And then she said, you know, your husband at this stage is much more compromised. Uh, so you not just need to think about yourself now, you need to think about him. And, but I, I personally knew I, knew I needed to be at peace about it. And I, after talking to her um, and praying about, about it in April, I decided to get my first vaccination. And then of course got the second one. And so I was, I was, I had a piece about it because I figured I needed to protect myself. And as much as I am aware of history of vaccination, and I know this whole COVID thing is new, but to me, right then I felt that that was the only, the only recourse we had. I either decide to take the vaccination, believe in the 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 process that went and 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 all the information that came to us from the cdc etc and um which would listening to science listening to my primary care doctor and that's really where i when i made my my decision and i know uh, and i i just want to make sure you're okay sharing it but your husband he's fully vaccinated and he happened to be a breakthrough case that's correct yes uh and that that was interesting and that kind of cemented um, my confidence in, and even cemented my confidence in the fact that I had got vaccinated. He was vaccinated from February, like I said, I didn't get it until April. And he had the stroke in March. Well, he had, he became, he had a breakthrough. He had no symptoms, however. And, but he had been exposed to somebody else who had been tested positive. And because of his physical condition, I called his primary care doctor and I said, he's been exposed to somebody that's tested positive. Um, and so I'm concerned about it. So he said, bring him to the office. We'll meet you outside so he can be tested. And then if he's negative, then you guys just take all the necessary precautions with quarantine. Well, when we got there, he was positive. And, but he had no symptoms. Uh, he was not sick, but his doctors said, he said, you know, Mr. Metzler, had you not taken this vaccination, I am confident that you would have been, it would have been different. He had about 24 hours of being lethargic. And that's, that's basically all he had. On the other hand, I was not quite my 10 days into my second dose, as you know, but I was in the house with him. I was there. We slept in the same bed. They tested me and I was negative. And up until now, I mean, I was fully exposed to it, but up until now, there's no indication that I had it and was like asymptomatic or anything like that. But I feel confident that had my husband not um, had the vaccination, that things would have been different for him. Um, I remember when you you called me, knowing what I do here in Florida, yes. my job, and and you know I, I talked you through some of that, and, right. and I was so glad to know that he was fully vaccinated, yes. even though he was immunocompromised, and so it was just uh, that that gave me a little bit of peace, and I told you, hey, it's right, be okay. and, and sure enough, that's exactly what happened, and exactly and happened for that, yeah, exactly. So one of the next things I, I, I know you have been following a lot of the activities going on in Cayman and we know just over 70% of our population back home, they're fully vaccinated, about 70%. We still got, you know, a, a little bit to go before we're in that comfortable sweet spot. Right. So 
So what would be your message to those who have not yet gotten, the, um, you know, gotten vaccinated? Um, Kevin, my heart physically is here, but it's, it's in Cayman as well. That's my home. That's where all my siblings are. I got grandkids there. I mean, that's my home. I haven't been away from home as long as I've been during this pandemic uh, thing. So I am very concerned, not just being prayerful, but uh, for, for leaders, but very concerned. And, you know, I've been watching, I've been hearing the those that are against vaccination. I've been listening to those that are pro and, and those that are, are, you know, they're against it. My first thing would be, you have to make a decision based on the, first of all, the knowledge that you trust, the knowledge you've, if you're listening to the right, you listen to your doctor, you're listening to the science, you should make up your, make a decision based on how you have been able to process that and what's in your own best interest. But you're not just thinking about yourself. If you got family, you got other people, older people in your family, you have to be thinking about yourself and thinking about them. But also, there's so many people that are saying things about vaccination. They don't really know what they're saying. If I'm gonna, you know, if I'm gonna take a, a leap of faith about something, I'm gonna listen to somebody I feel confident and at least they know what they're talking about. You know, I feel and I think the whole world feels this way that COVID is here for a while. I'm, I, I, don't, I don't want to think it's here to stay as some people, but this is where we are right now. And I feel that for Cayman, for the whole, uh, just like the rest of the world, we have to look, be practical and look at it realistically. How do we be able to live in the current situation that we have with the, the knowledge that we have. The Bible talks about without knowledge or uh, hit, the people perish. With the knowledge that you have, how do you apply that to yourself personally? And how that you gonna apply it to the way you're gonna live? I feel that the Caymanian people have been the most blessed people during pandemic. They have had, they've, they've had two deaths. They have had, until this recent outbreak, very little cases, no community um, outbreak until recently. So they've been blessed. They've enjoyed um, almost life, life as normal for, for a while. But that is um, unrealistic to think that you can continue to enjoy that kind of lifestyle with the borders closed. So my message to my people would be, trying to get your information from the source that you know you can trust. Try to deflect as much um, negative uh, information as possible. Uh, talk to your doctor, talk to people that you trust. If you're going to a doctor for an illness, you must trust that person. If you can trust them for anything else, please try to trust them for for information regarding the vaccine and stuff. And once you've done that and you feel that you've done your best to protect yourself and to protect others, then continue to live 
doing things that will allow you to live as normal as possible. I think it's wise to continue using uh, masks when you, especially when you're out in big crowds. Um, avoid big crowds. And if you're paranoid about it, plan your course of action throughout the day, but you cannot live in a bubble forever and you cannot live with COVID without being sensible and realistic about precautions that you need to take. And if you have anything else to add to the rest of the Cayman Islands, what would it be? Oh, apart from praying for, like I said, the leaders, I feel that our borders need to open. I am so concerned when I hear or read of companies or businesses that may have to close their doors. I'm so concerned about um, the impact. Um, we know we have two of the most fragile economies in the world, tourism and finance, nothing more fragile. We've got a solid, we've had solid, they're fragile economies, but we've had a solid, they've been solid. And so for right now, how long can we realistically keep our borders closed and not and 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 think that we can rebuild the tourism industry overnight that can't happen we cannot rebuild it overnight so think about yourself and think about your neighbor with the next person your children think what would you do in order to try for the island to be able to, the economy to be able to pick up, and what part each. Microphones plugged in. Give me one second. So, um, hold on one second, folks. We actually have. live stream going for you guys. So uh, booster shots. Uh, my tech is just not happy today. 
sorry for the crazy camera. We're here at the Lime Center. Um, some persons here getting their booster shots. So um, the governor is here. He just received his booster. And um, the premier has received his booster as well. Morning. Event while we are here live. I think I think we've kind of settled down a little bit. So here's Dr. Lee um, getting his booster shot as well. Carol says she got hers yesterday. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. So, so a number of people have got their booster shots this morning, including the premier. Let's just uh, jump in on this conversation here, what he's saying over here. terms of why you decided to take the booster shot this morning um you know right now it's anyone 15 over and of course anyone that might have anything that increases their risk right um and healthcare workers and so on as well right. so um how has the booster program been rolling out as far as you know i, I think it's been going fairly well yeah um, but i do want to see it accelerate i want to see the people in the country who have who qualify who are over 50 who have vulnerabilities who are healthcare worker, workers and therefore at greater risk. Yeah. I want to see them all come out, get their booster shots. Um, uh, as I've said before, really grateful to the UK for providing further doses for this program. I can tell you, talking to colleagues around the Caribbean, many countries are just, they would love to have the kind of access that we have to one of the best vaccines that exists today. And it is, it is wonderful that we are able to do it, wonderful that we have this available to our people. Yes. Because as I said previously, for our government that cares about people, that uh, everything that we do and everything we think about, mm -hmm. the, people, the people of this country are at the center of it. And we cannot get any more the center of, of, of the consideration of health of our people. Mm -hmm. And we know we are in right now 
a stage of community transmission mm -hmm. that is only going to continue. We are not going to, con to, to attempt any sort of um, elimination or burnout strategy because mm -hmm. it just doesn't make sense for us going forward. Right. We are going to be reopening and therefore there will be increased numbers of infections. I have said in the past COVID is coming. I have said in the past we have to live with it. We have to learn to manage it. And this is about getting our people protected as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And we can do no better than to get people uh, get their shots through the booster program. Right. Now, um, last night we had a um, COVID spotlight series. And one of the questions that came in is um, should teachers be included in the same category as healthcare workers? Because given the recent outbreaks in schools, they obviously seem to be a bit high risk. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, it has been interesting that, you know, we've observed um, even where there's a lot of positives in a particular class. Yeah. Um, we oftentimes don't have the teacher right. uh, who, who comes up positive, at least not initially. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, for me personally, I, I think I would like to see everybody that have to interact in our schools, everybody that interacts with our children. Um, to be to be protected, uh -huh. uh, we are we have not taken the position that we're mandating vaccinations uh -huh. in, that, in that situation. It doesn't mean that if if we see an issue, if we see that there's still a lot, there's still too many right. who are not vaccinated, that we may not consider that. Yes. Um, but it is, as I said before, it's important to us. The government cares about people, and we, and we care very much about our children and about. Yes, they're resilient, but there's nothing hit, that hits us more at our core Absolutely. than our concerns about our children. Yes. So I want to make sure that people in this country um, feel, feel as comfortable as possible, have the least concern as possible mm -hmm. when it comes to their children. And school is something that I think is essential for them to participate in. I think um, remote learning is not, not the greatest option. And the strategy that we are implementing going forward is to find ways to make sure that, particularly through the use of a lateral flow test, to make sure that those children that are not positive, they can go back to school and we can try to maintain life as normal as possible while we isolate those um, who are positive, like confirmed as positive through PCR tests um, until they get over their infections. Right. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, folks. I'm Premier Panton again here at the Lions Center, along with um, the governor and some other officials actually getting their booster shots. Good morning, good Governor morning. Roper. How good are morning. you? I'm, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Very good. Uh, we're live here <laughs> okay. at the moment. And um, I see that you arrived today for your booster shot. Why did you think it was important for you to get that done? I think the booster shot is really important as we as we learn to live with COVID and we do have community spread. We, we in Cayman have a, a set of mitigations in place to help us limit the spread and to prevent people getting seriously ill and, and heaven forbid even worse. The booster is fundamental to that because for the over 50s, um, they're, they're the ones who need the most protection. Um, right. So the booster will sort of top up your immunity levels and 
I was really pleased yesterday, there was a, a study done um, in the UK on the, the Pfizer booster, mm -hmm. and it showed 96% effectiveness mm -hmm. at stopping COVID infection, wow. which is more effective than after your second dose. Right. So this booster really is very important, and yes. as we move forward over the next few months, it will really yes. help us. So the number one question I'm sure from our listeners, are you sure you're over 50? <laughs> Sadly, I am well over 50, yes. Both Mrs. Roper and I are over 50. Yeah. Of course, I, I, had the, the, well, I was one of the first to get it back in, it was actually in January. Yeah. So we're now, we're now nine, ten months. Right. So um, I've yes. certainly gone past, gone past the six months stage and I am over 50, I can assure you. <laughs> Thank you so much, All Governor. Right. Oh, pleasure to talk to you. All right. Okay, folks, so again, um, we are here, and the governor makes a good point that he was actually one of the first individuals um, to be vaccinated. Mr. Wesley, did you get vaccinated today as well? I got my you got your today. booster shots today as well. How, how was it? Three minutes. Yes. Uh, my first dose was January 19th. Okay. I'm, I'm yeah. You're over 50? I am. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yes. Okay, good. So um, thank you so much. We appreciate it. So again, uh, Mr. Wesley from uh, CBC, um, he's actually chief, um, uh, chief officer. Um, excuse me, sir. Don't be hiding from, don't, don't hide from our viewers. We've got over 200 people that want to say hi to you this morning. <laughs> so Bernie, you over 50? Bernie? You're over 50? <laughs> 49 and a half. 49 and a half. Yes, ma'am, I'm blessed to reach past 50 miles. Oh, tell us why you thought it was important to get the booster shot today. Well, all indications show that those with the vaccines uh, have less chances of clogging up the ICU unit for people who really need ICU unit. And plus, I want to see my grandchildren, so this makes it much easier. I'm protecting them as well as myself. Good, wonderful. Doing it for the kids. Yes, yes, thanks, Bernie. Thank you very much. All right, um, MP uh, Bernie Bush there, and Minister of Sports, and of course, hailing from the beautiful district of West Bay. Um, <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're gonna catch it. The lovely, the ever lovely. <laughs> How are you feeling? You feel okay? Yeah. Yes. Above. <laughs> All right, so um, remember folks, it's relatively painless as uh, injections go, it's not too bad. Um, I almost feel like I should be getting mine, but I'm not over 50 yet, so I'm gonna wait. There we go. You have the reputation like the And that's it. Wow, it was over before it even began. Nice. And of course, um, they're doing all the paperwork on the HSA side. Does it automatically get uploaded if you're on the portal? Because we caught because you're on the portal with the yes. with the booster, but yes. they're saying they have to they have to they'll input it in input the computer. It. Wonderful. So it's it's done in real time, folks. Um, we see Dr. Lee is also here. So Dr. Lee would have been um, vaccinated today as well with his booster shot. So yeah, folks, um, come on in. There is actually a good line of people out front um, who have been uh, waiting this morning. They came early.
so we can just do a quick little look at who is up front and i'm going to show you guys because this is this is inside so this is one area but i'm going to just show you that there's people here who are really taking advantage um, of the opportunity to get their booster shot and then we're going to return to so um come on out folks there you go they got the chairs um, spread out lots of seating available and they're going through and talking to people um, in advance if they need to fill out any documentation and so forth they have someone with a little clipboard who's getting all of that done um, beforehand so um so yeah so you guys can see that that's happening outside so do come in at lion center today folks you can go ahead and get your vaccine booster all right so we're going to turn it back now to um the interview with kevin make sure the guys stay tuned as he continues to speak with caymanians living abroad to see how they are actually coping with uh with COVID, basically living all over the world. So we've had some people from the UK and elsewhere. Let's do a quick um, word here from our sponsors, which is um, the census. So make sure you guys participate in the census as well. Beginning the 10th of October, residents across the Cayman Islands will be invited to participate in the 2021 census. What is the census? Simply put, the census is a headcount of every person living in the Cayman Islands. The population count and data are protected and authorized by the Statistics Act. The information is confidential and cannot be shared with any law enforcement agencies. Your response helps guide business, social, and economic planning for the future of our islands. The 2021 Census will inform decisions on how millions of dollars are allocated for roads, schools, hospitals and healthcare clinics, fire, emergency response services, and other programs. Census enumerators will visit your household, ask a few questions like how many people live in your house, including their age and sex. Every person counts, no matter who you are or where you live. So have your say in the 2021 census. Everybody has a role to play. We just can't look for government and put pressure on government to close and keep closed forever. We can't look and put pressure on businesses or to provide sustenance. Government cannot continue to provide sustenance, financial sustenance to our Caymanian people forever. They've done a great job, but I feel that right now we need to take our vaccinations do everything that we can do to become healthy and do everything that we can do to whatever whatever regulations, precautions that government has in place to comply with them and pray for our leaders to make the right decision. But I feel that command borders need to be open because I'm really concerned about what the repercussions will be if we continue to remain closed for another six months or whatever it's not um that you know i'm not fearful i'm concerned and i think the concern is i don't i'm not the only one but there are the many who are concerned and um you know 
will live one day at a time in the situation that we are doing our best to make sure that we're keeping ourselves safe and keeping others safe. All right, Ms. Claudia, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to have this discussion and I, I hope you have a great rest of your evening. Take care. Okay, thank you too. I thank you for what you're doing, Kevin. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Okay, bye-bye. Well, Corey now joins us and Corey, we always start off with the same question. Who are you for? <laughs> so I'm Corey Miles-Matowski, originally Corey Miles. Um, uh, my parents are Rosie and Claude Miles um, and they live in Spots Newlands, Grand Cayman. Perfect. Now, where are you? What you doing with your life these days? I know, obviously, you're not in Cayman right now. So where you're at? I'm not. That's true. Yeah, I'm in Toronto. I've been here for, oh, man, like 15 years, which is so crazy. Um, nice. I work in marketing uh, at the CBC. I just got off of my first maternity leave. I just had uh, a son last year in the beginning of lockdown. So I am in Toronto with my husband and our 16 month old and our two cats. Awesome. Awesome. Where do you say you work again? I work at the CBC, so the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, and I work in marketing. Awesome. Awesome. That's, I didn't realize that's what you're doing now over there. Yeah. Yeah. I've been in marketing for a while. Perfect. Well, one of the things is, you know, COVID is all around us where we are. And so what's it like living in a world of COVID? Um, it's been weird. I definitely feel like this year where we're at now is a very different place than where we're at, uh, where we were at this time last year. So I had my son in the beginning of lockdown one. We went into lockdown in March. My son was born at the end of May. Um, and we were so scared. We didn't know if it was airborne. We didn't know um, if it was safe to go outside of our homes. Uh, we did everything by delivery. We were scared to leave. We didn't see anybody for a month. Um, now we're at a place where a year and a half in we're a lot more comfortable we are both fully vaccinated my husband and i my son obviously is too young to be vaccinated but uh we're just trying to take calculated risks um while also still living our lives you know like it's important to have exposure it's important to still go on and continue living but also we're not doing anything that feels um really unsafe or unnecessarily unsafe but it's, it's definitely a strange time to live through. I think there's the shock, the immediate shock. And then I think there's there's lockdown where you're all just kind of like sequestered in your homes. Um, and then lockdown restrictions ease. And you kind of have to figure out how to navigate this post pandemic in that it's post restriction, but it's like still a pandemic kind of world um, and figure out what feels safe for yourself and your family. So we've been trying to figure that out over the past six months or so. So do you like go to restaurants, hang, hang out with friends? Tell me, like, walk me through your, your life when you're, you know, trying to be a little bit social in the middle of a pandemic. Definitely. So um, now I would say this summer onwards, um, we've seen friends. We do like outdoor hangouts. We don't go to restaurants um, unless they're outdoors. So we've been to patios, uh, but that's all we do. We don't do indoor dining, um, mostly because we have an unvaccinated son. If it was just the two of us, I think we would feel a lot more comfortable. Um, but because he's so little um, and his immune system is so vulnerable, it's not a risk we feel comfortable taking. Um, so yeah, but we still see people. We have outdoor hangs with friends. We have had play dates with um, the kids of vaccinated friends. We're trying to open back up a little more. We go on a lot of walks. Um, we'll do like takeout from restaurants and sit on patios. We'll go for ice cream. Um, we go to the park. 
we go to the zoo, we bought zoo memberships. We haven't been to the aquarium yet because it's indoors, but I feel like um, winter's going to hit soon and we're going to be looking for safe feeling activities to keep a very busy toddler busy. So that'll probably come. And, and you know, Cayman is looking to open sometime in the not so distant future. I'm sure you're probably wanting to go home soon. I hope so. I can't wait I'm telling you. And so, you know, there's a lot of fear there still. Some people are like, no, don't open. Other people are like, please, let's open. Um, we do have obviously a really good vaccination rate there. Just over yeah. 70% is, um, you know, fully vaccinated, which is way better than most of the world. I mean, they're doing an awesome job. Definitely. But you know, th there is still that chance that, you know, COVID will get there and, and cause some trouble. So again, people are, are living in fear. What would be your message to them? You're obviously living around COVID when COVID ends up going to Cayman. What would be your message to those people that are really afraid of, of COVID? Yeah, I mean, so we're in a position now where we're averaging in Ontario about 600 cases a day, new cases a day, um, which sounds like a really shockingly high number when you're thinking about Cayman and how low the number is. Um, but we sort of learned to live with it. And so that number is less jarring to me than even a smaller number was last year. And I think I would say uh, this is an inevitability. Um, Cayman was really fortunate in that they were sort of in a bubble for a little bit of time. And, and it's always really scary when you open up knowing that there is gonna be some kind of an impact, but it's a pros and cons situation, right? You can't isolate yourself forever from COVID. As we've seen, it will get in at some point in time. You just have to trust that your healthcare system has done the right thing, that people are taking the steps that they need to take by getting vaccinated, by practicing COVID safe protocol. Um, the goal is not, I don't think to eradicate, eradicate COVID fully, it's to make it so that it's not um, a healthcare crisis. And I think it's a shift in perspective that comes with a little bit more exposure. Um, if your goal is always gonna be no COVID is ever gonna come here, then that comes with a really huge cost. And that cost is no one gets in and no one leaves. And I don't think that's a sustainable plan. It's about um, mitigating the effects by uh, careful planning, personal responsibility, civic responsibility, uh, those are the steps that I think everybody needs to take. And like, it's going to be okay. It's really scary when you start to see outbreaks. It's very frightening. Um, I have so many friends that have sent their kids to daycare for the first time and the daycares have gotten shut down because of COVID outbreaks. I have friends who have gotten COVID. Uh, my in-laws, uh, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law have a, a, a young daughter uh, who is in daycare and uh, an even younger daughter who's only two months older than my son. Um, the whole family got COVID at daycare last year. It was very scary, but they are all fine and recovered. Um, most of the cases that you see in people are not severe, especially if those people are vaccinated, especially if the majority of the community is vaccinated. It really goes a long way. Um, it's just about making sure that you're really being careful about following protocol so that you're protecting those members of society that are most vulnerable um, and recognizing as well that this it's not going to go back to normal right away. You have to sort of get out there and put yourself out there, engage what feels safe, and you'll all figure it out together. Um, there's a way through it, uh, but hiding from it is not a um, it's not a long term plan that is sustainable. And in the interim, it will make you crazy. I mean, I felt like I was going to lose it after our third lockdown last year. Oh, yeah. I really it, felt like I was going to lose it. It's a very annoying thing. I know. You cannot live we, like we, that. We've been there. <laughs> now, I know that. you talked on vaccinations, and obviously you said you're fully vaccinated, so yeah. that means you support vaccinations. Well, we know some people, I don't know if you have friends and family that 
have not been vaccinated yet. I know yep. I do. What would be your message to them? Um, I think with things like vaccinations, uh, do your research, like really, really do your research. And like, I think the age of the internet has democratized access to information and the ability to publish information in such a way that um, there's a lot of sources out there that are not reputable. I think if the majority of information that you are finding says one thing and you're seeing some very loud voices in the minority that are saying something else, I think you really need to question why um, and what they have to gain from that. Uh, misinformation is a um, a really big engine for engagement. And I say this as a marketer, <laughs> I know. Um, so yeah, like it's important to just be skeptical of that. I think also I, I understand fear, especially in a lot of communities. Like there are a lot of communities like um, black communities in North America who historically have been really let down and, and abused by a lot of uh, medical communities. And so I think some of those fears are very, very valid. But the research doesn't bear that out in this instance. Everything that we're seeing has illustrated that vaccines are safe and that they are effective. Vaccines are not a silver bullet. Um, the vaccine is not going to prevent everybody from getting COVID 100% of the time, but it will lower your chances of getting COVID um, and significantly decrease your chance of getting severely ill or dying. Uh, and the more of us can get, the more of us that get them, the less chances we have of another mutant strain like Delta that's like, really come to mess up all of our lives. Um, it, it's the best way that we have right now. Like it's not a perfect solution, but it's the best solution that we have. Um, I'd also say, I know that there's a lot of concern about feeling like the mRNA vaccine is rushed. Um, and I don't think that the data bears that out. Actually, if you do some research into it, this is technology that we've been working on for quite some time. Um, it's not actually supported by the science that this was rushed. It's just that as a global community, we saw a crisis and responded to a crisis by being able to remove some of the standard bureaucratic barriers that we normally face to getting things to market. Um, and that's really different than the science was rushed. Um, and I would also say like, never in human history have we seen a vaccine have very dangerous side effects that showed up this long after such a huge population of people have been inoculated. If something was going to happen, we would already know about it. Um, and there, nothing has happened. Nothing has happened other than people are dying less. So it seems like, to me, it seems like a very good choice to make. You know, you need to switch careers and come into public health marketing. <laughs> Um, we could certainly use you, at least where I work. You, you are just completely filled with such, such knowledge. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. I know you just put your baby down to, to take, go night, night. And yeah. I really appreciate our conversation and, and really appreciate you taking the time again. Absolutely. Well, I'm happy to help. I'm happy to help. I can't wait to go home. My dad's never met his grandson in person. So we like, we really all want to get home and start to like be together again, but we have to make sure that we're all taking steps to keep each other safe. We sure do. Thank you so much, Corey. Take care. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye. So we are now joined by Paul Watler. And Paul, we always start off with pretty much the very same question. Who are you for? Well, I is for Hewitson Watler and Susan Watler from Low Valley in Bodentown. Wonderful. So where are you at these days? I'm in Lake Lower, North Carolina. Where's that at exactly, North Carolina? South, North, Central? You would say Western portion of North Carolina and about as far south as you can get in terms of being close to South Carolina. Okay, 
Cool, cool, cool. So in terms of like COVID around your area and stuff, a lot of people have it. What's it like? It is not a lot of people. I mean, it is running rampant through the community. And you, you do have some that, that catch it. And I feel, say, because everybody can know somebody that has it pretty close to them. They'll, uh, they'll, you'll get a resurgence in wearing your mask and the social distancing thing. And, you know, everybody gets serious again about it until you see them come back and they go, oh, well, that was a miserable time. And now that I have it, you know, nothing, you know, at, at least I survived and this and that. So you get them take off the mask again and try act a little lax, which not exactly what you really want to see happening because you, you could have wish everybody to take it serious all the time, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So what are you doing for a living? Are you around people every single day with your job? Yeah, I work in real estate. So unfortunately, I do need to be client facing just about every day. All right. So how do you protect yourself with that? Uh, frequent hand washing, wearing a mask. Um, I definitely carry my hand sanitizer with me just in case I don't have access to a restroom facility anytime soon to wash my hands. And, and a, a health amount of social distancing too, you know, I don't like to have people standing up too close to me and I try to make sure, you know, a lot of what we do is going to be, you know, at least with a window open or what have you. And do you like limit yourself? Do you go to like the restaurants, grocery store, or do you have that delivered to you? What's your life like when it comes to, you know, doing and getting these type of items? I definitely remember to wear my mask if I need to go indoors for any particular length of time around crowds. But when it comes to grocery stores at this point, you know, I, I have been frequenting one where you can order online, pay online, and just show up and get it, you know, right outside. So I'm not really going in. And a lot of things with that too, you know, if, if I get in gas, I pay at the pump and I don't bother going inside, no place. So restaurants and all like that, uh, I've been really cool on that subject. If I can sit out of doors, that sounds good to me. But generally speaking, I, I really try to avoid a lot of people in an indoor setting. Are you afraid of COVID at all? Like, is it something that makes you live in fear? No. And I mean, really, that is more down to the practical notion of life. I, I just not the kind of person that, that feels, say, living in fear of anything is going to add a benefit to my life. So I control what I can control. And I look after myself and my family insofar as I can. And past that point, you know, what's going to happen is going to happen or I don't get COVID. So I, 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 don't, I don't really let emotions dictate how I go feel on a day-to-day -day basis. Understood. So, okay, man, overall doing much better than most of the world. Got a pretty good vaccination rate, well up in the 70s, um, who are fully vaccinated. Um, but, you know, there's going to be a time, Cayman's going to be opening its borders in the not-so-distant future. And so there are, you know, people that are concerned, they're a little afraid, what would be some of your messages or what would be your message to those individuals? Get your vaccination. I mean, it's, it's right there if you can get it. And especially when they have it for free, you know, don't be bashful. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, definitely get vaccinated is one of, one of your messages. Can you tell me why you chose to get vaccinated as well? I, I asked, I, you know, who I called through all of this was my mother. And I just said, mom, you, you used to take me to the doctor all the time. And I was small, get vaccinations. How many? And even she lost count. I mean, you, you think about growing up and you think about small children and the vaccination regimen and all the different things that I took inoculations and vaccinations for. And I never got sick with them. So, you know, at this point in my life, I never saw any, any just or any reasonable concern in getting vaccinated. You know, there's this hype about, oh gosh, we don't know much about it. 
I really don't understand where that coming from. And, and I know you, I remember you kind of worked in a scientific field when you were back in Cayman for a period of time. When you, did, did you ever have to like travel to any foreign countries that required vaccines and stuff like that? Or you didn't really have to do all of that? Uh, I went to South Africa more than once and I was required to be on an anti-malarial when I went. Because, of course, they have malaria, which is something that you could actually catch from mosquitoes. Um, and the entire time, you know, they, they got different regimens you can take. Mostly it's, uh, it's in pill form. But some of them, you know, it's up to you if you choose to take one that you got to take every day or one that you take once a week. So that that was interesting. That that one, the, the couple of times I did that, and you, you definitely got to remember and stay on top of it. Because malaria is something that, you know, if you if you catch that, that could resurge on you else, else, else time in your life. You know, you could go years and suddenly it creep up on you, lay you up in a hospital. So that, that was a concern, yeah. And when you think about how that applies at home, you think about going abroad, that's an excellent point, actually. You think about going abroad and what kind of health concerns you might have in a different place. Sometimes those health concerns could come to you, you know? Nobody made us a guarantee in life that, that we could sit in Cayman or anywhere in the world and we would never have to worry about a new, brand new health concern like, like COVID-19, you know? Absolutely. Well, Paul, really appreciate you taking some time to talk to me. Um, again, we're just checking in with our fellow Caymanians who are living all across the world and, and just kind of letting everybody hear, you know, what it's like for us who are not living in Cayman right now and we're living abroad and, and we, we are doing just fine. And uh, really, again, thank you for, for taking your time with me. Always good to hear from you, Kevin.